What is up, Pump Fake Nation and the Fight Club League members? Thank you for joining the Pump Fake Podcast, brought to you by the Pump Fake Multimedia Conglomerate Industries Incorporated. I am Benny P, and I am not joined with P. Sweeze this week. Again, the perks of a new baby is that you do not have to do podcasts on fantasy football, because that is not a priority at that time. So, completely understand that. We've got a juicy pile for you this week. Uh, Very, very excited to do what we always do, which is cover all the content, notable topics, and matchups from the Fight Club League Fantasy Football League. Fight Club League Fantasy Football League. We make no promises on time. I make no promises on time, but I sure do make promise on effort. I brought it all this week, and I think you guys are going to really like it. Things that we get into. uh, Evan S. joins us on the pod, the commissioner himself, and all the power and responsibility that comes with that. We get into a lot of good topics. We actually do headlines together. So look for that at the start of the pod. We talk about fantasy gods, small g, uh, respect, lack of respect for them throughout the league and what that means. Uh, we do not talk to any, though. Just on the forefront, want to let you know. Um, <clears throat> we do talk about Eric J's punishment. And, man, the punishment that needs to uh, be implemented in our participation as a league. We talk about next week's forum. Honestly, just you know, get some get some talk around the the cooler as to what it is that you guys can expect going into uh, next season. Just some things you need to keep at the forefront of your mind, and then we hit the hard hitting questions, as we referenced in the group me just a little bit. So very excited to get into all that with Evan S. I think you're gonna love that. We close out the pod with review and pick them. So a lot of good things for you. Enjoy any announcements that I would say on this. Um. I think worth noting is that there's not going to be a podcast next week. Reason being, it is Thanksgiving. Don't you worry. We're still going to get our pickums and everything in there. But taking a week off, I will be in Florida um, enjoying the Thanksgiving holiday on a little vacation. So no pod next week. Hope you guys enjoy this one as it holds you off for the next, for, I mean, the next foreseeable future. See you guys. Club League, we are joined with the legendary Evan S on the podcast. Uh, Evan, be the let me be the first one to uh, say hello and thank you for joining the podcast. Uh, you might hello. Want to say hello to the people. Hello. Damn. I'll say hello second. Okay. Um, <clears throat> it's been a while since we've chatted over the phone. Uh, you've recently moved to Florida, so talking about life things first i wanted to kind of kick it off how is florida treating you i know the league is curious um it's going great no complaints started a new life and uh you know just going like normal i guess going like normal the the life that you created down there would you say it is better than or worse than um the life in here in uh, in the the land state um, you don't have to answer that it, that question really. I guess it's kind of loaded, isn't it? Well, it's a work in progress. What are the yeah? What are the perks so far that you've noticed uh, of being down there in Florida? Um, I can go outside. It's eighty degrees during the day. Man, uh, I, I can 
go to the swimming pool. Uh, Do you guys have a pool in your neighborhood or in your area or whatever? Yeah, it's like maybe a three-minute walk from our house. Nice. But that's just really easy for you to perform with your elite athleticism. Yeah, uh, I can walk pretty far. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so the weather's obviously good. Um, how's the job change? Job change good so far? Yeah, it's, uh, it's pretty perfect. Uh, everything's going great. Um, yeah, fantastic. Uh, the, the real uh, the real advantage so far has been the YMCA. Really? Yeah, which... Obviously, yeah. they have those they, here, but I've only heard bad things. There. They have those there. I, I don't know what most of them are like because I haven't been to one there in a while. But all the ones here are very nice. And, uh, yeah, I checked out a lot of gyms. Yeah. Uh, the YMCA is very nice, and they have a family plan. And uh, it lets me take my son up with me, and I drop him off. He plays with other kids. Nice. And I pick him up when I'm done with my workout. So now I I go all the time, and uh, there's there's never a reason that I have to stay home and watch my son instead yeah. of going to work out. I can just go whenever I want. Wow, so that's, that's fantastic. So is Peter in preschool yet, or where, what age is, where, where is he at? Uh, he's four years old, so he's not in preschool. Okay. Um, but... Uh, yeah, he'll start kindergarten next year. Man, that's awesome. So, yeah, YMCA is essentially like a daycare service while you work out. That's pretty awesome. Yeah. Game changer. Awesome. So, <clears throat> to be clear, I guess, when I want to, as we dive into the content here, um, Evan S., obviously renowned member of the Fight Club League, uh, one of our fearless leaders and designated commissioner. Um, it's so nice to have you on the league, just the power that you bring to the pod. Obviously, you're bringing the right energy. Um, from what I've gathered, okay, and correct me if I'm wrong, you went down to Florida, created yourself uh, a new life. Uh, is it right to assume that you also would like to create another fantasy life, if you could? Because well, your current fantasy life is absolute trash. Well, it seems like that's what everything changed for me. Is when you moved my life, and... <laughs> I moved, my life improved, and my fantasy life turned into a nightmare. <laughs> Man, they ain't halfway like that. So, yeah, an absolute nightmare. I, I guess, so you're on a six-game skid right now. Yeah. I would like to, um, I guess, tell me a little bit of insight being on a six. I was I was so close to joining you, obviously. I mean, me and you are not far apart in that our streak started around the same time. I did look back on my track record and what happened. I don't know if you can point out one instance that happened for you. But for me, Russell Wilson went down. Russell Wilson went down, and I did not win a game since he was out. He came back into my lineup, and I won. So even with his pathetic um, outing, it, it seems as though I'm just a very, very, very bad quarterback streamer. Just absolutely terrible, and I'm willing to admit that. Um, is there anything that you could point to in your lineup that shifted that, um, I don't know, that kind of put your team in this uh, in this situation? Um, I would say there's probably a lot of things. The main one being uh, David Montgomery's injury. He went down, uh, I can't remember what week exactly. It was either week three or week four. Maybe okay. week four. And then I haven't won a game since then. Yeah, I guess it was so, week four as well. So, yeah, David Montgomery and Russell Wilson both went out. Mm-hmm. Interesting. So, yeah, I was undefeated with him. And he was back last week, but I didn't play him. So, he wasn't in my lineup. Okay. Uh, 
this was two weeks ago. So we'll be looking this. for a resurgence, correct? Yeah, but yeah, he'll be in the lineup this week, so you know, maybe yep. he could take you down. Yeah, so we'll definitely be in a matchup. I was gonna say it was really, really close to two six uh to two six streak or six streak or six losing streak. Oh, how do you even say that? Two p- opponents facing each other with a losing streak of six. So, I mean, we are almost facing each other. Now, obviously, I'm on the winning side of that just barely. I, I don't uh, believe I deserved that win, but I got it anyways by the grace of the gods. Um, <clears throat> I wanted to, I guess, as you look into our lineup, I remember you saying on the group me before that you were looking down the stretch and optimistic about going 3-0. and Now, starting that same stretch that you said in the group me, now you are officially, is it 0-1 or 0-2? In oh, the, one. Oh, yeah. one. Okay, uh, so yeah, just I I didn't know if that was prior released before the last loss or if it was you were looking down the stretch and saying I'm gonna go undefeated. Obviously, I would say that before your matchups were looking favorable against people like Eric J, myself, and whoever is next. But taking it off. Well, I'll tell you what I was looking at. I was looking at my 80 percent projected chance to win against Griffin last week, yeah. and then he goes off for 140 points. You know, yeah. apparently Sleeper gets five out of six matchups every right every, right every week. But, <laughs> I don't know. I, I feel like I'm projected to win every week. Sleeper's getting my game wrong. <laughs> I need to talk to, you need to talk to the Sleeper algorithm people, is that what you're saying? Yeah, I think so. Because, uh, you know, I would just look at the projections and think I have 80% chance. And Sleeper's right 80% of the time, so that means I should win. And then I end up losing every week, so... Yeah, what I would say to those numbers, as they have been updated recently, Connor was able to actually come over to my house and give me a little of a <clears throat> little bit of a doc tutorial, if you will, and kind of update some of the fantasy football stats, or at least make them a little bit more manageable with some what-if functions and all that fun stuff. But yeah, Sleeper, over the course of three seasons, okay, so 2019, 2020, and 21 thus far is 62%, so maybe that's a little bit more of what you're seeing, but over for 21% for sure, you're absolutely correct. They have a percentage right now of 72%. So, yeah, you are um, definitely finding the uh, the upset. That seems to be true. Let me go ahead and actually look in here as I'm looking at week. Um, let me actually look back. Week. Uh, okay, week 10. So, yeah, Evan S. Yeah, so Griff was favored. Um, in or No, I'm sorry. You were favored. You got that wrong. Or that was an upset. So that was week 10. Let's look at week 9. I want to see if you guys... Kevin W. was favored. Okay, so he was favored in that one. So that's fair. Week 8, um, Evan S. Luke S. was favored in Week 8. So you were not favored in Week 8 or Week 9. Let's see if Week 7 we find a trend here. Nope. Week 7 against Alex C. Luke uh, Alex C. was favored. Okay. Week 6. Um, let's see. In your matchup against Davis Barrios. Davis was favored. So honestly... It's been right on yours for the last four weeks now. I'm, I can look at one more further. Uh, week five, Evan S. and Eric J. Eric J. was favored, so I'm not sure where you're getting. Well, maybe it was uh, maybe week four whenever everything hit the fan. Week four, you were favored. Uh, week three, you were favored. Week two, you were favored. And week one, you were favored. <laughs> so, yeah, all the weeks that you've won, Sleeper was right. All the weeks that you've lost, Sleeper was right. So, um Time to recalibrate what you're finding in the sleeper line. And if you are favored in this matchup, there's a good chance I think you're going to win, right? No, I'm not. Okay. Uh, 
don't know what you're looking at. I'm seeing week five, week six. I was favored in both those games. I was definitely favored in week ten against Griffin. So um, what I'll say, uh, yeah, week ten, you're right. Week ten, you were correct, and that was the one you were favored, and there was an upset. All the weeks before, I will say for the league and everybody listening, the way that these stats are actually generated is I actually go in, and so typically I'm finding the uh, – so I do it on Thursdays, and I take the favorite on Thursdays. The reality is that there's some things that fluctuate, but a lot of times if there is a huge sleeper gap or something like that, it's usually like a streaming quarterback or tight end or whatever it may be. If somebody's left somebody on their bench, I'll take into consideration then plugging that bench member in and then taking the total projected points on Thursday night. And then, so I don't know if this is referencing to potentially what happens a lot is Thursday matchups will happen. You'll have a running back or a wide receiver potentially go off and then your sleeper projections will change. But this is prior to the Thursday games, prior to the week, taking a sleeper projection on the front end. So Yes, you are correct that if you were referencing anything after Thursday, there's a good chance that those projections might have changed. But from the jump, on Thursday, before the game starts, that's when I'm taking the uh, the favored matchups. Any All questions right. about that? Uh, just a comment. I would just say it's inaccurate. So. I mean, I guess it is. I don't... Uh, how would you how would you best advise correcting it? I guess, so would you be on the... Throughout every single matchup, Monitoring, I guess, when the first round of Sunday night games started, and that would be essentially where you initiated the sleeper projection, or would you say the second well, window or the? I mean, so if you go back to week ten, it says I was projected one twenty nine and Griffin was projected one fifteen. Isn't that the projection of all the players we had put into our lineup? Yes, prior to yeah, exactly prior to Thursday kickoff. Yes. So that's the numbers that I was thinking. Of. Yep, and so you're again like week ten, you were favored. But then all the other ones, week nine, week eight, week seven, week six, week five, you were not. Not according to those numbers. Week five and week six, I was favored. Hmm. I'll have to, uh, I don't know. Must have been a lineup adjustment. Maybe. Uh, potentially, I guess there are sometimes hairs, but um, I don't know. That definitely is bringing to my senses, obviously, the sleeper projection that I've been monitoring. I guess what I'll say then is that sleeper projections Thursday at kickoff um, I guess I would say is what those predictions are. Maybe I can look deeper into it. I don't know. I've got time, I guess, to figure that out. But uh, I feel like it's accurate, and I feel like you're wrong. So we'll have to figure that out later. Um, with that, I did want to actually get into something that you mentioned uh, a little bit ago. You mentioned Scruff beating you in this week's matchup. I wanted to get your take on the rebrand of the Scruff McGruff organization taking the name of Patrick Mahomes and, uh, and their team as a whole – essentially flipping the whole entire script and becoming even the best team of the league this week from the dumps from I mean from the gutter from the from the absolute slime and filth of the league now to a top league uh, representative for last week are you seeing any do you see any future projections for Griffin moving forward or are you picking up any of the things that he's done with his team to help project him into the win column um yeah, I definitely tried to pick up a couple things that he did. I tried to make a burnt offering sacrifice. Yeah. Uh, ben Anderson. Uh, Correct, I to, yeah. I tried to rebrand my team uh, to a new team name. Yeah, that's right. What was the rebrand? Uh, Aaron Deanna Jones and the Raider. Okay, okay. The Raiders of the Lost Ark, Indiana Jones. I get it. I can pick it up. Yeah. I like it. And, 
Aaron Jones was Indiana Jones, and then Darren Waller was the Raider, and then Antonio Brown was the Lost Ark. <laughs> uh, why was Antonio Brown the Lost Ark? Yeah, I hope to find him someday uh, in my lineup. Oh, nice. There you go. I mean, there could be draws, I guess, for Tampa being a bunch of uh, pirates, and they're on a ship, but uh, in an ark, uh, you know. Listen. I like it. I like the name. I think it's creative. Uh, it might be stretching it just a little bit, but hopefully the rebrand will help you in this coming week. I don't wish you any luck because obviously it's against me, but I do appreciate uh, all the effort on your side. So <clears throat> one thing I did want to bring up that you mentioned was the uh, you know the offering to the gods. Okay, and so that was that made for a very very fun time. I believe it was Thursday. No, it was Monday night. Monday night. No, it wasn't. I can't remember what day it was. But what I wanted to get into is the conversation about the gods. Okay. And what I'm trying to, what I, we've had a lot of talk about the gods uh, recently and they haven't making, they haven't been making a lot of appearances on the pod and obviously they've been busy and, you know, stretched, stretched thin around the league, but I wanted to try to get your take. I mean, I personally think that your image and salute to the gods, everything that you've done for them should only grant you favor moving forward but do you feel like what you've done is if anything made the gods angry at you do you remember any one thing that you've done that may have upset them or anything like that no not at all and uh you know i, I think what's happening right now is i'm being refined by fire wow. um they're putting me through trials and i just think you know i'm going to come out stronger on the other side you know my my team we've lost six games in a row but um you know, there hasn't been one week of this season so far that I haven't been in the playoffs. And so if I can just Good point. keep myself in the playoffs, I do think that, you know, they're pushing me to rock bottom. Yeah. And they're going to eventually break my team's spirit, break their will, and it will only be, um, you know, glorification to the gods after that. Hmm. Wow, that's fantastic. You mentioned that you were – in the playoffs, and I will say that uh, you have been doing a good job of kind of posting everybody with a playoff update. Do you happen to have those numbers on you by chance, or do you remember what they were posted most recently? Uh, well, I posted uh, last week, but I could do it really quick. It's, it's pretty simple. Um, While you're doing that, what I want to say is that I believe there are, so as to my count, one, two, three, four weeks left. Four weeks left before the playoffs. Can you believe that? Um, yeah. Week ten was the uh, yeah was the five game mark out, and then we've got week eleven, week twelve, week thirteen, and week fourteen. Week fifteen we begin playoffs, and boy, I uh, <clears throat> with four more games left. Obviously, with yourself being four and six, I believe you obviously can turn it around. There's plenty of room for improvement. I guess would you say that typically, if you even if you went three out of the four wins at the end of the season, you'll get yourself into the playoffs. Um. Yeah, it depends on which matchups I win. At this point, my division is still up for grabs. Oh, I guess I, the, a, I guess you're right. Yeah, because this is the last game before playoff seedings. Because I believe no, it's not. Week thirteen, yeah, no, week 12, 13, and fourteen is all back into division play. If we remember from yeah. the forum how we addressed that. Yeah. So if I can win, if I can beat Isaac, if I can beat Connor, I think I've got a great chance at winning the division. Okay. Uh, uh, I just need to get the most points. 
for the, all those listening, Isaac is the current leader at five and five. So the reality is that yes, Connor is right under him at four and six. Tiz is three and seven. But yeah, you're matched with Connor right there at the uh, at the second spot, looking to get your way in um, with the most points for in the league as well, or in the affirm the daddy division. So yeah, definitely in the hunt there. But it's yeah, it's going to come down to the wire in multiple ways in my division because I'm six points ahead of Isaac and. 11 points ahead of Connor. So, honestly, there's probably going to be two playoff teams for my division. It's going to be the division winner and then whoever misses between the three of us whoever yeah. gets second is probably going to get that point spot. So, I need to really just outscore whichever one doesn't win the division. Wow. That is crazy. So, yeah, I guess it becomes... Um... We really are going to have to start considering the playoff picture. And I know that we all we always do that, but it really gets exciting with the last, I mean, honestly, the last five weeks. So even taking into consideration last week. But the last four for sure, as we refine and kind of get down to these final numbers, these wins are, I mean, they are monumental. I mean, even in my division, I don't think I am that much of a contender um, in <clears throat> my division just because Davis is ahead by two games. So I'd have to see him go on a skid. Obviously, there'll be a matchup between me and him. So eventually... That'll, that could be a potential matchup down the road. But, man, it does it really does make these wins going into division play next week all that more important. So very, very exciting. I love yeah. that we did divisions, and I love that it's broken up this way, looking for some very intense matchups uh, as we get into the playoffs. What I'll say is that your first matchup in division play, so after we're finished, I actually want to see this. Pulling up your team now. Let me see. The interface online is garbage for all those keeping score at home. Looks like <clears throat> week 12, you enter division Connor. play and you play Connor. Yeah, so you guys go in there and it looks like Connor is playing this week. He's in a matchup with, mm, so it's going to be him versus Scruff McGruff, the new refined rebranding king. So <clears throat> we'll see what happens. Again, Connor right underneath you in play, so definitely man that'll be interesting so yeah going into division play it's very important this week who wins and who doesn't between the two of you yeah wow man this uh, is exciting well even more important than that it's just our total scores at the end of the week um you know i was really worried with my team's performance this past week that even though connor only put up 100 points that he was going to pass me up at the point scored column and then uh thankfully Debo was able to give me 28 points on Monday night, and uh, I actually ended up outscoring him by four, so I maintained uh, that lead in the, in the points. That's probably what's most important for me right now, because I may lose my last four games. So, Jeez. Yeah, so you're going to be looking for that point by. Um, okay, cool. Love the playoff picture. Uh, could you give us the current playoff standings? Yeah, uh, number one, Kevin W. Uh, probably won't lose that. Well, so it's interesting because Kevin and Luke both have I know. the best. It's um, yeah, it's very very tough. It actually division. is. This was the big hubbub about the division play was that they were afraid that whoever the second record is was going to get snubbed, and in this exact situation, this is essentially why they don't want it is because two premier teams in a division bodes that. Potentially one of those doesn't make the playoffs, right? No. I mean, he'll be in the playoffs for sure. 
he just what what could happen is he might miss out on the bye week. So like Luke could have the second best record in the league and not have a first round bye. Gotcha. So <clears throat> to be clear, so it's the first of every division. So there's three. There's six total playoffs teams. Then you have the next two best records. So obviously Luke would make one of those two. And then third and final yep. is the points for. Yep. So yep. Kevin would be number one. The number two seed would be Davis right now. Uh, for the other bye week, number three seed would be Isaac. Uh, Luke would be the four seed. And then the fifth seed would be um, Alex C. Yeah. And the sixth seed would be me. Gotcha. Wow. Man, that's fantastic. And so to be clear in the playoffs, the way that, that works is best record in the top of the division, both of those two would essentially get the buy. So as of right now, Isaac sitting at five and five and Kevin and Davis sitting at above that record would essentially get the buys because of their division, correct? Well, the top two division winners, so it'd be Kevin and Davis would get the buys. Right, exactly. Isaac would be the three seed and Isaac would play the six seed. Yep. Man. Fun times. This is uh, this is really exciting. Uh, what I will say, we did get off the topic a little bit of the gods. I appreciate you sharing the playoff picture as of right now. Uh, I did want to get back on there and actually get your take on, obviously you have much respect for the gods. Some other people in the league do not. People like Alex Cook saying that before a Monday night playoff game, he was going to denounce the gods once Ayuk actually won him that game. Do you... um? As someone who has a Debo or has a wide receiver for the 49ers, as someone who has had numerous conversations with the gods and has made burn offerings and all these things, are you um, are you surprised at all at how Alex attacked the gods and kind of went right at them? And are you surprised with the results? No, I'm not surprised with the results at all. Obviously, I don't, you know, he's got this affinity for Brandon Ayuk, and you know it's just painfully obvious that he's nowhere close to the caliber player of Debo Samuel. Clearly. Uh, but he still holds him on his bench this entire time. Thankfully, he dropped Darius Tony. He's happily on my team now. Much better player than Brandon Ayuk. Much better price, and, uh, by the way. Much better price. Much better price. Zero dollars. And You know, it's no surprise that he's lost three games in a row now. And Ayuk didn't come through for him like he had uh, fantasized about. But, uh, yeah, I, I think you know, he said what he said and I think he's going to miss out on the playoffs this year. Wow. It'll probably be the first time uh, in his career that he hasn't made the playoffs. I can go ahead and confirm that now. I mean, obviously, with the winning percentage total with Alex Cook of almost uh, 70 on the nose, 69.2. Yeah, he's uh, he's been <clears throat> in the playoffs in 2019. Uh, he was the number two seed and was the runner-up in 2019 league when he first entered in. And then playoffs he was a part of. In 2020, so yeah, if he does not make the playoffs this time, this will be the first time. So we'll see how that molds for Alex and uh, his denouncing of the gods. I honestly think it's going to really bite him in the tuchus. Yeah, 90 points. I mean, it's a rough week. Yeah. Here's another thing I want to talk to you about. I know that you can't stay up all night. Uh, obviously, you've extended your bedtime this far, and we all appreciate it. Uh, obviously, seeing a commissioner who can grow a set and stay up just a couple extra minutes is something we all can appreciate and respect. We want to get down to the nitty-gritty, um, okay, and I love you, I respect you, and your position as commissioner in this league has put you in a lot of awful positions. I mean, you know, good commissioners and bad commissioners alike, some of them, uh, you know, in real life, Roger Goodell, obviously a terrible commissioner, uh, never seems to get his hands dirty in the midst of 
priorities and messes that seem to be most poignant, uh, and then being absolutely ridiculous on other stupid punishments. Then you have the opposite. You have David Stern, Adam Silver of the NBA, fantastic commissioners, people who take pride in the way they commission, and it, uh, you know, it really does send ripples through the whole entire sports universe. As commissioner of the Fight Club League, okay, punishment for Eric J. Let's talk about it. Let's bring it up because it's interesting <clears throat> that we have these two IR spots. Honestly, a privilege. I would, I would admit, it's a privilege to have two IR spots. One of which we've claimed. Clear as day in the forum, we only use the second spot for COVID restrictions. And that was graced by us by the league vote, but also just by the commissioner being able to bring that in and implement that. I wanted to get your take um, first and foremost on the league's responsibility. Do you think that we can handle the privilege of two IR spots? Answer that question for me. Um, well, clearly we can't because we just had a bumbling fiasco uh, by one of our ignorant bastard commitment owners yeah uh, yeah so you know if i could make it to where you know, I, could, I could take away uh one owner's um ir spot that i would uh but i don't think you can do that so sleeper is very adjustable as you've told me before but it is not that adjustable yeah it doesn't seem to be well i haven't even checked but I don't think it is. It'd make it very uh, unfair. <laughs> it would make it very unfair. You're right. And, you know, I wish we had Fab to uh, to find, but that was mismanaged as well by the <laughs> owner, so we can't do that. Find him at the start of next season. Hopefully he would have learned his lesson. But uh, you know, the league vote had otherwise. Mm-hmm. And by the way, I mean, I see how I see the uh, I see how the democratic process can can fail because it takes us like six votes just to get anything done. I know, I know, and we've talked about this in the pod, and I'm sure that you listened to it before. Being able to identify who it is that may or may not be involved in these transactions. Obviously, I personally think that all sleeper notifications, though they be ridiculous, should be turned on. I want to know whenever Cordell Patterson misses one play and goes into a tent, and then the very next play scores a touchdown. That's something that I need to have on my phone as a fantasy manager, as an owner. My responsibility is to those notifications. It's also to the notifications of the group me because I owe it to the group me to pay attention for exactly this kind of thing. Being able to submit to uh, to the league what I personally think a correct, um, so yeah, what I believe a correct punishment should be. And so it's hard to see that uh, not everybody is voting and taking taking uh, I don't know taking their ownership seriously in these matters. Is there anything that you would say to those owners that potentially the reality is that they're not listening to this podcast either? But if you had their ear, if you had their ear, what would you tell them that, that aren't voting and paying attention to the group me? Well, uh, luckily I made my my votes public, so we can go check and see you know who's not voting. But I would just say you know this is our league; it's what we make of it, and. Uh, you know, we've got to vote on the issues that matter to this league if we want to make this league the best it can be. Mm-hmm. You know, if no goes up to these group me votes and nobody's willing to, you know, think about these tough decisions that need to be decided on and they're not they're not voicing their opinion, they're not discussing, they're not, you know, weighing the pros and cons of the fallout of, you know, all of these rules that have been broken, how are we gonna get better? How are we gonna improve? You know, dealing with this 
same issue uh, in real life in, in some ways, and it's just like if the people who are participating don't care about the result and the outcome, yeah. How can you, how can how can the community get better? And the answer is, you know, just can't. It's just going to crumble. Yeah, absolutely. I like that you bring that up. I was able to actually pull it up, and so obviously not taking into consideration Eric's vote. You're absolutely correct. We had three. Uh, or we had, sorry, six outstanding votes, leaving us with a total of uh, four, um, or sorry, five, but that's including Eric. So I guess five members not <clears throat> voting, which is honestly pretty devastating. You know, you, you, you look at the poll and, you know, you see that Isaac is not on there. Okay, it's like, it's pretty heartbreaking. You know, you want to you wanna have Isaac um, a part of this process. You see uh, the likes of Alex Cook, uh, an avid group me member, an avid group me mentioner and talker and communicator, but not on the vote, you know. So it's devastating to not see that that kind of feedback. Um, you see Davis, uh, you know, not involved, and you got to ask. I mean, these are some of our division leaders and some of our people that are in the running for the playoffs, and you got to ask. I mean, I'm not sure if uh, you know if they they they're they're really championing their ownership correctly. Um, so Alex Davis. And um, who did I mention before? Uh, Isaac. Isaac. Um, yeah, so there's two more out there that I cannot think of for the life of me. So it shows how much. Yeah, and, you know, it really grinds my gears, especially <laughs> when some of these people who aren't voting in these polls are then, you know, posting gifts, you know, making comments about how, oh, the punishment wasn't severe enough. Oh, we should have done this. Oh, we should have done that. Well, you should have voiced your opinion. Yeah. All right. Yeah. If you care that much about it, why don't you speak up and say something? Why don't you comment uh, as to an idea of what the punishment should be? How about you vote in the poll? Yeah. Right? Absolutely. Got me. Back and, you know, not participate and act like things are just going to turn out the way that you want. All right. We've got a voice. We've got to use it. And if you don't use it, you've got no one to blame but yourself. Yeah. Absolutely. You got me fired up. You got me in the eight and a half fired up. Jesus. The. Um, <clears throat> The other uh, member was Alex Tisver. So Alex Tisver, unfortunately, not a part of the vote. That leaves out one sole member that I am not thinking of right now. Um, but Eric J., Luke S., Connor F., Ben P., Evan S., Kevin W., and Griffin F., all being a part of the voting. Is, yeah, oh, it's, it's the other penis brother. It's the other. <laughs> Patrick Penis. Okay, so Patrick Penis, uh, he did have a newborn. Do you feel like that is a fair excuse? Uh, as to not voting, or do you still find him uh, find him in wrongdoing? Well, I mean, part of me feels like he should have found a replacement owner because it takes him two days to respond to a trade request. Oh, gosh. So. Oh, gosh. Well, you know, as my co-host, uh, my natural inclination is to defend him, so I would say that actually a newborn process is very tough. Uh, you obviously understand that, and um, maybe you're right. Maybe poor management was taken by the manager should have put potentially a uh, you know a a co-manager in responsibility so that he can help his team grow let's hope that his team doesn't go on a skid uh, here over the course of the next couple of weeks as a result of the lack of attention to detail uh, we shall see uh, hopefully he's listening to this podcast and I don't know feels uh, a little bit of defense that I can give that I can give in the regards to a newborn but ultimately yes not found in uh, in good light here by not putting in your vote for Eric Johnson. So very, very tough. Very tough to see. Yeah. And, you know, it's understandable. You're up at 2 and 3 a.m., you know, getting up with the baby. Just, you know, it's a great time to check 
trade messages, <laughs> check your calls. Uh, it's a great time. It's a great time. It is. It's a great time to be checking, honestly. Um, okay, so yeah, calling out those members, uh, you know who you are. Uh, we just, you know, the more involvement, the better. Um, if you find yourself unsuitable to be in this league, I don't want to ask you to leave, but at the same time, I'd ask you to really champion the position that you've been given because it, it holds a lot of responsibility. Now, <clears throat> to be said, I guess to move forward, what I want to kind of address here is that in the forum, okay, it's going to be in the forum next next season as we start. Uh, I want to again having the commissioner on the pod. It means a lot. There's a lot of people, uh, you know, hooting and hollering outside. They're excited. The commissioner is in the office. I mean, you get a lot of attention. You know, you get a lot of attention. What I what I want to get at here is moving forward in the forum. Do we go ahead and just remove it, or do we go ahead and establish? I think one thing that we've done a poor job of doing at the forum is establishing the punishment as is. So. Stating it prior to season, having 100% commitment or at least a majority at the draft day, which we can get about draft numbers whenever that time comes. But should we just go ahead and remove it as a whole, or do we implement a punishment prior to, and what should that punishment be? Uh, I'm not sure what you're talking about. talking about the toilet bowl punishment. No, great. Let me, let me go ahead. So the forum is obviously pre-draft. That's what we do, pre-draft. Uh, there is a end-of-year punishment. Obviously, that does happen. But I think where we get off a lot of times is even at the forum, we discussed what was going to happen for the punishment, and we come to the conclusion that, yes, um, Jiggy is the punishment that is needed. We were able to keep him. Um, but moving forward for punishments of uh, collusion or IR mismanagement, I mean, should we have come up with a punishment at the beginning of the season? Is that something that we failed um, to do at the forum? No, I think we actually did. I think, well, it was either at the forum or it was before the season started. We came up with the punishment of a fab fine. The problem is we had an oversight with, well, what if that player had spent all of their fab already? And that's where it's like, well, we, yeah. can't, we can't find fab now, so what do we do? Because we had a clear violation of league rules. Yeah. And, you know, that's where I'm, I'm just like, all right, let's just do it next season, but <clears throat> yeah, we'll definitely bring it up to the forum. I have it notated. We will make sure not to forget it. We'll have to have a plan B punishment uh, that is even worse. I feel like if you're you're fine, Fab, obviously that looks a lot of different ways. It looks like you picking up potentially the you know uh, worst player on the waiver wire for a total of 10 bucks, And then once you pick him up, complete the transaction, you can drop him. But uh, that's a good way to waste Fab. But if you are completely out of Fab and you've already mismanaged that, then yes, there absolutely needs to be a punishment from the rest of the league. So looking forward to that discussion. One thing I did want to, I guess, um, address here was, yeah, I, I actually lost my train of thought there, so I do apologize. What I want to do is uh, now kind of talk about, yeah, I guess the forum in general. Um, I know that there's going to be a lot of things for us to discuss. I've taken a lot of notes. Is there any way that I could get you to potentially present your own opinions on a few things before I let you go and kind of let you get back to life. Is that okay? Yeah, I don't care. Yeah, let me um, let me pull up the doc here on the forum because I've taken a few notes that I just want to make sure are at the top of our list as league members as we're going to be getting into this. There's a there comes a very very hard decision that we make as league members is making adjustments at the forum that are implemented in the draft. Okay, does that make sense, Evan S? 
implemented at the draft. So you're talking about like scoring changes. Or- exactly. Scoring changes, drafting changes, like kickers, things of that sort. We're running into an issue, I think, as a league, that that decision needs to be made, if I'm correct in assuming, it needs to be made at the end of the year punishment. When we're all gathered again for the punishment of the league's worst members and managers, we need to make sure that the decision's made then and prep for the draft. Or do you think that there should be another gathering to try to initiate the forum and kind of get all these things in line so that we're prepped for draft? Because what happens is people come to the draft, they're all prepped, they've done whatever research they've done, they listen to their podcasts, and yet we make a change on the forum and it could potentially throw that completely off. And obviously we're doing a, a draft, a, a, a auction draft, which makes things a little bit different. But I guess I'm feeling that from the league, and I want to talk to the commissioner about how we can go about changing that and how we can kind of make sure that as we meet in the forums, it's either we're meeting with the understanding of what we've already made our decisions on or we're meeting for the sake of next year. So these decisions are not going to be implemented. So I'm trying to figure out how we get around that curve, if that makes sense. Yeah, I feel like this is a non-issue. The first first thing is... We're, we've never had all 12 members. I don't even think we've had close to that at the uh, punishment. The year. Yeah, it's just true. not going to happen. It's Good not point. realistic. Good point. Getting, it's hard not to get 12 people out there. <coughs> um, but the scoring changes that we vote on before the drafts are for, they're not for that season, for the next season, right? We've already. Typically speaking, yeah. unless we make, unless we verbalize, hey, this is for, the, for example, the kicker situation. That was one um, that we wanted to address and kind of get into. And again, rumors were swirling around the league that like, ah, kickers might not be in here. That doesn't necessarily change your draft strategy that much. Um, but things like a super flex or things like that, that dramatically changes the way that you draft. So those things, you are correct, would not be implemented in that day's draft, so to speak, for that beginning of the year. But, man, I will say that it does, as we round into the back end of the season, as we round into the closing of the season, I wouldn't be surprised if there's a few league members that have forgotten as to what we've established. So I guess just making sure that we remind the league members as to what we've said on before via vote um, and being able to recall those, because I'll be honest, I don't know necessarily where the records are. I know they're back in the group me a very, very long ways, but uh, but we need to make sure that those are written and taken down so that we're implementing in them in the, uh, in the next season. Aren't you in charge of the forum? I am in charge of the forum. I guess I'm asking myself if there was somebody taking notes there for all the things that we voted on. What I'll tell you is that nothing actually changed from what I remember. Um, Obviously, we didn't say it again. A good example is like auction draft. We voted on that before the start of last season. Correct. Um, And so we, we voted on that again after the draft. We all voted favor so yeah any major change is going to have a one-year gap before its implementation the only thing that i can remember that didn't was the defensive scoring change we voted on to be effective immediately just because we felt like that wasn't really something that was going to change anybody's strategy or anything like that with the fourth down stops and the yeah yardage uh, but yeah even something like removing a position on kickers that's always we've always voted year out on that so i guess we'll Um, keep it that way so then allow this opportunity to be something to bring up to the league members minds of things that are going to be coming up in our discussion for not this year but potentially next year one of which being and you can correct me if i'm wrong uh one that i have listed here defenses three and out equals half a point Uh, that's something that we wanted to discuss as league members and i don't believe 
anything was voted on, I guess, at the forum. If anything, I remember it would have been voted past. So that is something that, I mean, I want to make sure that we bring up and discuss at this point. Defenses three and out is getting that defense an additional half a point. Do you remember that conversation? Um, yeah, I think I think we voted on the two things separately. And it was originally a full point for, th- for three and out, which yep. seemed like too much. And I think it was too much. We voted down on that, but we didn't think to vote for half a point. So that, who knows, maybe that would have passed, maybe not. But So that's another great point. So that's a good example of one that going into the forum – I mean, it doesn't change things too much. Maybe it gives your defense just a little bit better advantage. Again, we've already given it an advantage as far as removing the uh, the yardage and all that different stuff. But, <clears throat> I mean, it seems too perfect to pass up for next season a defensive three and out going, you know, um, you know, at half point. So the reality is that that turns into a vote that probably has to be unanimous at the forum if we're going to implement for next season. Yeah, maybe. Um, that's one way to do it. But, uh yeah, even, uh, I don't know, maybe even half point is too much. Maybe it's point two or point three. You know what I mean? Because we really need, some, I think, some advanced, uh, some, some big data on how many yeah. three and out each team gets on average and whatnot, how that would affect the uh, defensive scoring. Because I think we are seeing some, some bigger defensive scores this year uh, without the yardage and with the fourth down stops. Oh, 100%. So, one of those things where we don't want to get too carried away with defensive scoring. I mean, really putting the, yeah, it would really make the defense a priority, not only from a streaming perspective, from a drafting perspective, for sure. Okay. Uh, another one to bring up Fab Gambling. We don't have to talk about it at length. I know that, um, I guess the commissioner would, it would be frowned upon for Fab Gambling, but I know that you also are a, uh, you know, you are a commissioner for the people, and I know that you love poker. And I don't know, I'm just thinking of a, there needs to be a league set. <clears throat> date for a uh, poker game amongst the league members, most likely uh, at the halfway point or maybe going into division play before we get into playoffs, a poker game amongst league members where potentially fab is on the line. I don't know. Just something to throw into the, uh, into the mix as far as content is concerned. Your thoughts on that commissioner? Um, I wouldn't be there unless it was around Thanksgiving time. Um, I'm just saying it's around that time right now. I don't know. I'm just saying, you know, just throwing it out there. Should we do it this weekend? Uh, let's see. This weekend, um, I'll be gone Sunday morning, but I'll be available Friday and Saturday for the most part, from what I under, from what I can anticipate. Yeah, um, I don't think it'll happen. Yeah, probably not. But uh, the idea of the league min- meeting at a midway point, um, you know, for for Fab Gambling, you're against the idea in to- uh, in totality. Think about this. Know. A matchup of eight league members. The winner takes a donation from every single league member of five dollars. Thirty-five fab added to your bank account because you beat out seven other players. I mean, that's a you know that could be a league-winning player. I mean, at first I was all for it. When we first brought this idea up last year, I was like, "This is great. Could be fun. Who yeah. cares?" But then it's also like, "All right, well, you know, if one because we are consolidated, we're giving." one person potentially a big advantage you know if Eric J had you know played by the rules and you know maybe he would have dropped AJ Dillon you know somebody who won the fab gambling could have had 40 bucks picked him up and that could be a league win mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so 
Interesting concept. One for us to mull over for sure amongst league members. I just want to start the the rumor wheel, making sure that these are in our in our wheelhouse as far as conversations go for the league. Okay, we've got uh, we've got three more points, then I'm going to let you go. Uh, flexing a defense. I wanted to get your opinions as a commissioner. Should we be able to flex a defense? Uh, yeah, let's see why not. But sleeper does not allow it. Correct? Is that what we have uh, have uh, have come to the conclusion on? It's definitely not allowed in our current yeah format, format. But, yeah. yeah okay some potential uh some potential movement there trade deadline wanted to talk about that do you feel like going into this week so at the conclusion of monday night this week the trade deadline will be finished you will not be able to make any trades after monday um this coming monday so do you feel like this is the right length right before division play solidifying anything before you go into those final three matchups prior to the playoffs um. Yeah, I I feel like it could even be maybe one week later. Wow. Uh, that's you know that's something we'd have to vote on at the uh, at the forum. Yeah. I, don't, I don't think we should be able to push it back another week. The reason we did so is just because we forgot about it. The season was extended by the NFL, uh, which pushed the fantasy season back one week. So <laughs> yeah, week, week eleven this year is pretty much week ten last year. I mean, I personally uh, think it's perfect. But, I think it, you solidify any trades prior to getting into division play. The reality is that, I mean, there's situations that we could squander up together that going into division play potentially trades amongst division members. I don't know if there's one absolute trash heap of a team in a division and you're going up in a matchup, maybe a potential you know, trade happens on the game day or something like that. So, so going ahead and refining it to prior to division play, I guess I just, uh, I think it keeps us all honest again i'm thinking of a scenario where you know one of the division league uh, and again this would obviously be found under collusion but there's some gray area in that and so trying to avoid that at all costs i just see you know i think the timing is perfect because you'd hate to go into a league matchup uh, or a division matchup and that be finalized and then going into your second division play and potentially some of the other division members teaming up or making a collusion like trade to throw you off their last two games or even your last three games going into the playoffs. Personally, I think this is perfect. Um, obviously, the league will have its opinion whenever we get to the forum and stuff on what we're going to do, but definitely something to keep your, your ear to the ground for. Um, yeah, I agree with you. I would just say, you know, with division play starts you know, next week. Correct, week 12. So, so if it was, you know, trade that might be 12, essentially making – the trades, and then once division play starts, then that's when the trading period would end. I know technically we could trade up until Monday, so you could kind of trade. Yeah, yeah. it would be tough 12, with players that are active. I get what you're saying. Really, you'd be going into week 12, you know, right, which week 12 is the first week of second round of division play. It would be that's leading up to that is when the last week is. Now it's kind of like, well, there's like a week gap play. Actually, so I do want to make this apparent in the league because the way that I've got it is that actually, so just to make sure that we, me and you are on the same page. So week 11, this trade deadline is going to end on Monday. So everybody will have played and everybody would have been like done and out prior, like prior to your matchup in week 12. Week 12 is when we begin division play. Is that what you're saying? Week 12. Yeah. So this week yeah. I played you. We're not in the same division. Right. 
this week. So we yeah, play. that's why I really like the idea that I'm going to go into my last matchup um, with whatever trade pieces, whatever I'm, I guess like we'll finalize all these details. I guess I see what you're saying is that you're right. You would have essentially the gap prior to the in-between, if you will, week 11 closure and week 12 starting. Um, <clears throat> you would have that gap to essentially finalize your pieces going into play. So actually, yeah, I guess I see your point. I kind of like that. Um, it's very, very close. I definitely think it's meant to be at the end of week 11 or at the end of week 12. So, Or potentially, could you even have a beginning of week 12? I don't know how editable Sleeper is, but prior to kickoff of division play, you could potentially put that trade deadline, the, you know, whether it's the Wednesday or the Thursday or Thursday afternoon, you know, of the week 12 matchup. That potentially could also be yeah. another another That'd option. Be great. Yeah. Yeah, it'd be great if we could edit it. I don't know if you can, but yeah, if we could make it like, you know, you could trade up until Saturday midnight or, you know, 12 p.m. now before the game start on uh, Sunday. Yeah. Yeah. Man. I don't know. Okay. Well, uh, <clears throat> that really concludes all the all the headlines and topics that I wanted to discuss with you as well as the forum stuff. So, Again, I appreciate your time. I did want to actually give some breaking news that's actually happening in the league right now as somebody, again, who's always monitoring GroupMe, always monitoring uh, the Sleeper app. Uh, Brandon Ayuk, officially up for trade from Kalmia Cook. Any interest? Officially up for trade. Yep, uh, and put him on the trading block. So I'm assuming you're interested, right? <laughs> uh, no, I wouldn't even be interested if he was on the waiver. Wow. So there you go. Um. Now, there is and uh, in negotiations on a three-team trade right now. Oh, I love it. I'm all for it. Three-team trades, they're hard to come by. They do happen. I've seen them happen, but I am usually all for three-team trades. Yes, we'll see if this works. Um, all right. Yeah, I guess you're chicken down on some of the hard-hitting questions. That, well, uh, listen, I mean, I've got your ear. and I mean, I know it's past your bedtime, but at the same time, I'm not going anywhere. One guess is fine enough for me. I do want to uh, attack some of the hard questions. I'd love to hear some of your feedback on the pod and how we can uh, how we can improve some things you'd like to see changed. As commissioner, obviously, I respect your opinion. Bring the hard-hitting questions. I'm glad that you came out of your shell. Oh, um, well, you know, I've faced a lot of criticism, you know, for my fancy team over, you know, in the past month or so, some of it deservedly so. Most of um, which deservedly so, I would say. And actually, one thing that I wanted to discuss but actually held off on until you decided to uh, talk about the hard-hitting things, is if you listen to the podcast last week, me and Luke talked about this. Uh, the arrogance in which you play is insulting. Okay, The arrogance in which you come out with, and obviously having a four-game win streak is nice uh, at the beginning of the season. Uh, I was in similar territory with a three-win streak. Um, but the arrogance in which you, as commissioner of the league, set as an example for the league, uh, I believe is um, is insulting. So yeah, for those reasons... Your demise and your ultimate six-game skid here is why, uh, I mean, I believe is um, is fitting. And so wh what we owe as a league to you is confidence and content, rest assured, is a very valuable piece of this league, and we don't want to see any of that go. But I want you to answer this hard-hitting question. Where do you get your arrogance from when for the last three seasons we haven't seen you in the playoffs? Um, in the last three seasons we have a – total win record of 42 um, percent <throat> so just trying to figure out where is this arrogance stemming from is it something that you start afresh with every single season 
uh, with the with just a belligerent amount of confidence and um, you know if if I do so say a uh, a drunken spirit on whatever um, <clears throat> fantasy success you've had in previous years where are you getting this arrogance to start the season off with um well first of all i haven't been able to listen to the podcast uh, i've been busy okay so, that's fair um adding to the list of uh you know owners that need to take initiative but uh, another hard-hitting question for another day any other t- any other uh i would say feedback on your 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 Again, I, I hate to overuse the term arrogance, but there's just a lack of humility coming from your organization as a whole. Even on a, I mean, you've you've announced with the gods, you did announce some humbling and some refining by fire, but it does seem as there's a lot of chatter out of the Evan S organization at the beginning of every single season that ultimately leads to no playoff uh, no playoff records in Fight Club League history. So, can you can you speak to any of that? Uh, yeah, I would say. I've got a fantastic team. I had a fantastic team at the start of the season. I still have a fantastic team. I've had a few injuries. You know, I would say... The question becomes... If I... Sorry. I'm actually going to let you finish. I apologize. I'm I'm interrupting you. Let me to stop what I'm saying. Sorry. You had a... Go ahead. You had a great team. You had some injuries that you were dealing with. Please continue. I had some some injuries. And even still, I'm the third highest scoring team in the league. Lucas has an 8-2 record. I've got more points than him on the season. Impressive. Uh, I've been in the playoffs every week of the season. So far this season, I'm still in the playoffs. And so, you know, I think that's the difference between a team like me and you. You've got a 4-6 and six record. I've got a 4-6 and six record. I'm in the playoffs. You're not. You've got a very small chance of making the playoffs. You're destined for the toilet bowl, the suit. you got no chance of winning. Division, you're 200 points behind and points four. Um, your hopes are pretty much zero. Whereas I've been in the playoffs every week of the season, and I've got a great chance of winning my division. I've got a great chance of securing a playoff spot. And my team is only getting healthier, and I've got a great chance of winning the, the championship this year. So that's where that's where my arrogance comes from. Is that I have a fantastic team. I have second best receiver in the league, Debo Samuel. I have a fantastic quarterback. Um, I've got a three-headed monster at running back. I've got one of the top tight ends. Um, you know, and then I've got several wide receiver twos to choose from. And I've got the best kicker. So You do have the best kicker. I'll give you that. I'll give you that. No, I, uh, I, I, I hear that, and I think that those are valid. Um, I mean, and I, I, I guess you're right. I mean, yes, there is, and I'm not going to, I guess... I'll submit to these allegations because they are based on chance. And again, fantasy football, I mean, come obviously week 15, like we'll see what those chances have turned into over the course of the next four games. But um, I don't know. I, I, I disagree. And obviously when I look at the league, I mean, I cannot necessarily help how my division mates play. Again, going into division play will hopefully even out some of these things. But, you know, Davis with a 6-4 and four record, if you were in my division, obviously you'd be in the same situation as me. So it's hard for me to – hear that and say that because we have the same record we're in different situations again your well, division is full of some pat players mind, and you know, go ahead keep in mind i went three and oh in my division to start the season so that's affecting my division makes records because i dominate true so. that is true so yeah we'll see if that uh, stays consistent going into division play so all right you you answered my you answered my question and i i hear well, your feedback i'm not scared well, of it i hope that the 
at the end of the season when I win the championship, we'll look back and say, you know what? Evan went through a slide. He had a six-game losing streak. He hit rock bottom, but part of it's just game theory. You know, you can't peak too soon. You're seeing that with Kevin. He peaks. Going downhill. I've already gone downhill. I'm going to come up. And when I come up, you know, it's going to be a sight to behold. Yep, I uh, I do agree with the peaking too soon. I think that there's a there's an actual true, um, <clears throat> that is true. Uh, I will say that yeah. I mean, I hope that we are able to revisit this conversation. I hope that you are out of the playoffs and that I am in the playoffs. And I will again continue to take the humble path and take the path of very little arrogance, uh, and just simply state that I told you so. So whenever we get there, uh, I hope that you will no longer be beating your chest as a um, as a scrub team in the poop bowl. But, um, and again, I would never wish you in the suit and I would never wish you to, you know, lose the poop bowl or become the poop bowl champion. Obviously you're not going to be the worst manager, but I would never go as, uh, again, I would never act as arrogant as you are to go ahead and proclaim those things over a team like mine who, you know, I have good team members. I have a good team. I don't think that I'm going to be in the suit. Um, you know, but, uh, but yeah, I guess, you know, we're going to be, we're going to have the same record, but be different people. And so for those reasons, I'm just going to say, okay, and uh, yeah, I hope that we can revisit this conversation after I demolish your team this week. Yeah, well, that's what I was going to say, is we can revisit this next week after you lose, and I'm going to love to hear you come on the podcast and uh, talk about how my team beat horse next week, although I probably won't have been listening, so I won't be able to. Great point. Uh, glad that you brought that up. So actually, next week, there's not going to be a podcast due to Thanksgiving and me being in Florida. So it's funny. We do this again. I'm going to be down in Seaside, and you're going to come back up for uh, Thanksgiving? Yep. It's so fun. I actually shot a wedding the other day with my wife, and it was like it was technically my cousin um, or like my second cousin. I don't know. Um, but my cousins actually live in Tampa. So, and I, some of the league members will remember this. I have a cousin whose name is Kate Sass, uh, Michael Sass. Uh, Ann and Joe Sass, those are my cousins, and um, and I guess my aunt. And so <clears throat> all that to say is that they live in Tampa, and so they actually invited me to go to Tampa Thanksgiving with them. So we literally, me and you, would literally be switching, most likely. You'd probably coming, be coming into Louisville to see your family, and I would be going to Tampa to go see my family. That is unbelievable. It is unbelievable. You're absolutely right. The eight and a half really is getting taken <laughs> Um, but yeah. Say what? What about Christmas? Christmas, I'll be here. Um, there is uh-huh. usually usually a trip to Bowling Green that we take. What a coincidence! Because I'll be in Florida. I mean, honestly, me, we're just uh, you zig and I zag. Uh, you're four and six and arrogant. I'm four and six and humble. We're just different guys. Yep. And the reality is, we both end up in Florida. We both end up in Kentucky. And it's, opposite times yeah uh, <clears throat> okay so that concludes all the things i wanted to talk to you about is there anything else as the commissioner of this league our fearless leader uh again much respect much um uh much appreciation for what you do for our league uh, i do want to i guess give you just a window you've got the league's ear anything that you want to tell us tell the league members any comments that you like to have i know that we talked about a lot of things here but anything we left undone nope perfect well, me and you communicated for a little bit over an hour, so I am uh, very, very thankful for your time. It is much appreciated. I know you're a busy guy. So 
I'll let you get back and get your, your beauty sleep and looking forward to our matchup this week. Any trash talk or slap, uh, trash talk or yeah. Um, I guess insults you want to say my way. I mean, feel free to text me personally, or you can put them over the thread, whichever. <clears throat> okay. Evan S has hung up on me, which is, uh, indicative of how our relationship works. Let's move on to the next segment. <laughs> All right, getting into our review. Very excited. <clears throat> I want to talk about last week's matchups, week 10. Week 10 in the books now. Uh, there was a matchup between myself and Connor F. Uh, I was able to nudge him out just by one point, or sorry, five points, <clears throat> and uh, had a great outing from Ezekiel Elliott. Uh, Najee Harris continuing to produce, again, number four running back on the season, but uh, just able to, just a couple of poor outings. Uh, from Schultz to help essentially counteract my uh, my gauge play. Uh, he got a total of three targets, no receptions. So put up a goose egg. Can't have that whenever you want to try to win. So I'm lucky to get another W. Not putting up 120 points, but 115. So close enough to get the W. But yeah, Schultz helped balancing out my lack of play there. Carlson, two points for the Las Vegas Raiders, Hopkins helping balancing out, again, that goose egg that I've produced. The rest of my team, honestly, putting up good numbers. You hate to see Javante Williams with only a 6.7 outing uh, going into his uh, Week 11 bye. So we will see what happens there. Obviously, I hope that he gets on track and that we're able to go into Week 12 healthy. But Devontae Smith and Ezekiel Elliott lighting it up, helping balancing out, and then getting a 22-point outing from the absolute routing that the Cowboys did to Atlanta did not hurt anything as well it's not as highlighted because the Colts did also perform and got 14 points but <clears throat> definitely not uh, definitely not going to be the normal outing from them so just uh, nothing really to dissect there other than Herbert didn't have a great game which is not uh, not his usual um, as he had 39 point outing the last game number 7 quarterback only putting up 16.2 concerns concerns there moving forward and obviously the Connor F organization dealing with the injury that has been Chris Carson and the plug of Alex Collins uh, hasn't been all that uh, it hasn't been much uh, you potentially could find other streams that are better with a 6.4 outing against Green Bay and a 5.4 6.5 prior weeks that he did play so kind of tough uh, kind of tough but was a good time good matchup but glad to snuff out the win on that one Going into the Evan S and Scruff McGruff matchup, this is really where uh, the turntables have turned. I mean, everybody is very, very excited for the Griffin F organization from top to bottom. I mean, round of applause. But yeah, Evan S making the bonehead move to stream Matt Ryan. Obvious mistake, poor management on that. Uh, and then immediately dropped him off his roster, uh, rightfully so. But <clears throat> Mahomes going off almost for another 50-point game. Uh, don't Not many of those in the league, uh, so whenever they do happen, uh, it is notable, 49.74, so we'll give him the round up to 50 there. <clears throat> so we talked about this on the pod a little bit last time with Luke S., just in reference to the fact that they made the trade, and Griffin has rebranded entirely, chilling with Mahomes now, and giving Mahomes, I guess, the attention that he deserved Lucas was not giving him so the Scruff McGruff organization helping turn their season around with the help of Mahomes at the 
at the helm. Antonio Gibson is not hurting uh, this team by going off for 23.2 points. So a great outing from him against Tampa Bay, who just was not clicking. Uh, <clears throat> then you have uh, you have the Odell Beckham stream. Impressed that he found the stream with some of the pieces on his bench. Um, actually, I'm not surprised. Claypool didn't play. Devontae Baker, Parker's on the IR, and Edmonds was on the IR. So uh, McKissick was not going to find a wide receiver spot. So <clears throat> all that to say is that you find the plug for Odell, and it did not really turn out to much. Uh, we'll be monitoring that from week to week as he gets more time with the Rams for sure. Boston Scott doing something worth note. Uh, 12 points, starting to make that uh, that transaction of <clears throat> $41 somewhat worth it. We shall see if that pans off. And then really just looking at the other team, 104 outing from Evan S is just not going to get it done. And again, I think there's a rebranding, a lot of momentum for Griffin, Griffin's team moving forward. Look forward to his matchups as he goes into division play, not this week, but next week to see if he can help, uh, help the record out, help the cause and maybe play spoiler for a couple people going into the, the playoffs. That'll be interesting. Debo Samuels, still the man in the 49ers, uh, number three wide receiver, on the season, just an absolute great outing with him with five targets, five receptions, total 97 yards and a TD. Man, <clears throat> you're going to love, you got to love to see that. Actually, I, I take that back. I apologize. Five, yeah, no, five targets, but he got a lot of rushing work. That was the whole thing. He had a rushing touchdown, five rushing attempts for 36 yards and a touchdown. So you love to see that out of your wide receiver. We will go to the, uh, I guess I've already talked to the commissioner on this podcast, but uh, seeing if we could maybe get the Debo Samuel stream into a wide receiver RB slot like Cordero Patterson, we will follow up to see if that is possible. Daryl Williams really showing out for the Chiefs as he was able to get nine, nine targets and nine receptions with 101 yards and a touchdown. Man, you love to see that, especially in a flex play, but not able to get it done. Not going to be expecting that much production out of Darren Williams, uh, Daryl Williams moving forward. So a wasted, uh, I mean, it's just good to see what his ceiling could be in theory. Uh, there's talks about Carlos Edwards-Hilaire getting back into the roster and playing, but look for this team to revert back to some of its old habits with putting Hurts in the lineup and uh, maybe keeping Williams in that stream if he can prove himself valuable moving forward. Still looking for the Antonio Brown uh, to go ahead and get his butt back in practice. There is talks of him <clears throat> making the start for the new uh, New York game, but he remains out of practice as of Wednesday when we're recording this pod. So we shall see, but an interesting matchup uh, from them. So it's good to see Griffin on the rise. Uh, it's it's a very, very sad sight to see the commissioner going on a six-streak uh, skid there. Next. <laughs> we got the matchup between Patrick and Davies. Davis able to nudge him out by a 10-point margin in this one. Little Servants Arthur continuing to get it done even when they don't have all their pieces. Uh, Daryl Henderson not the greatest game, 6.6 outing, but Christian McCaffrey making up for that deficit and Diggs essentially catching fire for one of his best outings this season, if not the best. Yes, it is. 26.2 outings, best season, uh, or best outing by Diggs, number 12 wide receiver on the season. Continuing to have just lack of production from Cooper. He has blow-up games. 22 was what he had in week eight. Uh, we haven't seen a, honestly that I mean that high of a game or that well of a game, a, a phenomenal performance since week one. 
So week one, 32, we've got a week eight, 22, but really, I mean, his floor and ceiling has kind of stayed somewhat there. So we'll see how that develops going into his next matchup, but you hope to get more production out of him in a absolute routing of Atlanta. Elijah Mitchell finds the start best, best waiver pickup of all time. Gets him a solid 11.8 points, just enough to really do enough damage to the Patrick P squad uh, and snuff out that victory and get it done. Meanwhile, on the other side, you have Patrick with <clears throat> Tanny Fanny playing 23 points. Not bad. Mark Ingram taking the Kamara spot 20. You got to love that. Only concerns I have for that moving forward is Kamara does ease his way into the lineup. Is that going to be a situation where you have to find a plug for both Kamara and Ingram in your flex potentially? Obviously, I've done that with Pollard and Zeke myself. Great management at times, but very, very risky play. Honestly, could have done it this previous week. Uh, week 10, I could have done it and really, really been well for me and more would have secured the 120-point outing for sure. But all that to be said is that Kamara is going to eat away at some of these this workload, and we'll see if Ingram also does that, kind of having a good outing like this. So look for management moving forward with Patrick P to monitor that closely. Cordero Patterson finally coming back to earth, 4.8 points. I actually do not think he will revert back to this pattern, uh, but man, he has been on fire as of late, being the number 10th RB on the season. Uh, just his last couple of outings, 17.5, week 9, 16.6, week 8, week 7, 14.5. So definitely a consistent play moving forward. Don't like to see him drop off, but again, the game script was a little bit odd with that whole entire game anyways. The final piece of this team that I really wanted to kind of take note on is the Kittle situation. Honestly, he's a fantastic talent. He's been out for a lot of uh, a lot of games, a total of one, two, three, including his bye week. So four total weeks off. Bolds well for him when he came back for Arizona. Uh, you'd think it would be a little bit better for the Rams organization whenever he played the Rams. 13.5 is not bad. Very respectable. You'd like to see Kittle get into shape as he goes up against Jacksonville. Um, you know, you want expect a big game out of him there. See if he can assert himself and get him back up into the top 10 tight ends for the season. But that concludes that game. Davis does indeed snuff out Patrick P to go 6-4. and four. Patrick P on a, on a on a losing streak now of one, five and five. So we will see what happens uh, going into week 11. Exciting. Yay! Eric J, Kamia Cook, Alex Cook in the building. This was a <clears throat> matchup of the, what was, Cook was five and four at the time. Eric was four and five, so... The equalizer of sorts. Eric was able to snuff him out 102 to 90.9. Aaron Rodgers not having a great game, but Carson Wentz showing him how to really have a bad game. 9.7 for Carson Wentz. And, you know, you see Alex Cook brought back in with the, the you know, the Indiana Tide. I mean, he likes his player, wants to play him, and he did have consecutive weeks, but it just goes to show that as soon as you like somebody enough to stream him, you can bet they're going to have a terrible game. So 9.7 for Carson Wentz does not get it done there. Aaron Rodgers, again, a very lackluster effort. Dearness Johnson with Hunt and Chubb out. Really, really going, uh, really having a, himself an outing. Again, this was a very, very hard game script with New England winning 45-7. to So finding the touches, finding the, um, the yardage there is good for him. Hopefully... Chubb will get back into the mix there. But Dearness doing what he can in the spot. Michael Carter continuing to impress me personally. Number 17 running back 
on the season right now. He's had a big game of 29.2 recently, uh, followed that up with a 10.4 outing, and then week 10, 17.8, showing that um, showing that he's definitely a playable playable guy for the Jets. That's tough to find, but his receiving work is next. I mean, it's really, really good. Six targets, four receptions for 43 yards. That's going to get it done in most situations, especially when you add a touchdown on the ground. So just a good play for Michael Carter. I want to know, actually, when I pull this up, how did uh, how did he acquire the likes of Michael Carter? So, yeah, it was part of the trade uh, with Tyler Boyd. So, yeah, Eric Johnson and Connor make a trade. Gave away Moss for Tyler Boyd and Michael Carter, really panning out for Eric J over the course of that trade. So another notable thing for Eric J. Jefferson seems to get on track. It seems that though that game he was available anytime, uh, anytime Cousins wanted to go to him. So 18.5, good outing there. And Keenan Allen continued to do his thing with 11 targets and 8 receptions. Just a really solid floor. So we will see how this team uh, reacts to being on the winning column. 5-5, five and five, honestly a really respectable season. Better the record than me. Um, on the rise. As Eric J was really in the dumps to start the season, has really turned it around. You got a feel for the organization and uh, very, very excited for them. It comes at the <clears throat> demise of Alex Cook in this one. And you hate to see a 25.7 outing from... C.D. Lamb and still not get it done. But we'll hope that both of these managers will bounce back getting ready for division play. So exciting matchup there. Ow! All right, going into the Tiz versus Lukey Poo matchup. Uh, very, sen- I mean, honestly, I don't even know what to say about this matchup other than both of them absolutely crapped the bed. Just one of them crapped the bed worse. So Tiz with a 65.5 outing. That's got to be really, really low. One of the One for the history books for sure. And Lucas not even putting up 100 points, but able to snuff out a win? Are you serious? Gosh, a week, a win streak of five. This guy's got momentum rolling all sorts of ways. 20.9 points for Lamar Jackson, his trade acquirement, 23.7 for Jonathan Taylor. Uh, people are saying that, I mean, number one running back on the season thus far with the last couple outings, 18. Well, I mean, geez, last couple outings have just been absolutely on fire. Week four, let me just rattle these off for you. Week four, 20.5. Week five, 31.9. Week 6, 29.7. Week 7, 18.3. Week 8, 21.3. Week 9, 34.9. Week 10, 23.7. My goodness, the guy is on fire and carrying the uh, the Luke Stoltz, Luke Stoltz organization with him. So you love to see that. Impressive. Other notables for Tisdiver's organization, not really any. Mike Williams continues to not produce. Again, looking back at the trade that we did, there's honestly some very interesting pieces with how those things have essentially set out. To remind a few people, Michael Thomas didn't end up coming back, uh, but then also Chubb has been injured, COVID, different kind of combinations of ailments keeping him out of play. So Mike Williams not producing is also, it seems as though we trade and people just got worse for us almost. Corey Davis, part of that trade as well with a 9.8 outing. He's missed the last couple of outings, but not much to say about the Jets. <clears throat> there. But yeah, just an overall bummer of a week between these two. One just outbummered the other. You got to think that uh, Evan or that Connor, or, well, Evan, Connor, Luke, guy's name is Luke. Maybe you find the stream for Ramondre Stevenson. Nah, I doubt it. Projected 9.17 against the Cleveland Browns. Just an absolute throttling of that team. And so he got a lot of work. We'll see if he can find potentially the flex moving forward. But you got to like Renfro there as well. So we'll see. Any play for Stevenson moving forward for this organization with buys upcoming. 
to conclude our final review, we've got Kevin over Isaac. All right, a 117.6 outing just to snuff out Isaac by about seven points, give or take. Uh, he needed all of his points from Dak Prescott with 32.9. Looked like he is back in the saddle looking strong. The last two performances, 24, almost 25 points and 32.9. So you got to like that there. Again, this team dealing with an injury of King Henry being down. How are they responding? AP, the the, the <clears throat> little sneak-up pickup that he got, not really painted out with 3.3 outing that week, so rightfully put on the bench. But I'm definitely looking for this team to respond. It looks like James Robinson has taken the RB1 spot and has continued to produce 17.6 uh, that week. So we will be monitoring how they respond. Cooper Cup, still the number one wide receiver in the league, so you got to count on him for a decent amount of points as 11 receptions on 13 targets is definitely going to get it done. Notables for Isaac's side, Dalvin Cook doesn't seem to have terrible games. Uh, his floor, I guess, was 6.3 for one of those weeks, but I mean, this guy is usually up in the 15 at least, so you like to think uh, 21.7, you can expect that of him. Josh Allen, kind of getting back on track as he had not the best outings uh, prior to, so a 13.16 at Jacksonville. 27.24 is going to get him back on track going into his matchup with Indianapolis. Staunch D will see what happens there and if Josh Allen can continue to carry the five points of Dalvinism going into these next couple of weeks. Not a whole lot of another, uh, no, not a whole lot of notables on any of the other players. So, with that being said, best of luck to both of these guys as I conclude the review. Hope that you guys enjoyed it. And that's really all that I wanted to talk about there. Let's get into the next segment. All right, as we approach our final segment, let's go ahead and get, a, go ahead and get into the... Pick them. Pick them. Pick them. Pick Let's do the pick'em. So yeah, we've gone ahead and submitted our uh, our entries in here. So I want to be able to run through this so you guys are keeping track at home. <clears throat> Going into week ten. Okay, Patrick was up on me. Uh, so going into week ten, uh, I had selected Ben P. He had selected Connor F. I was able to snuff him out there. Moral of the story uh, after all those was that <clears throat> he was wrong about Connor winning he was right about eric j winning and he was wrong about isaac m winning uh, kevin nudging out that one which puts me at a total of four for this for that week puts a total of three for patrick that week so i go ahead and get one of those back so total score now being 37 for patrick and 35 for me those of you guys compete competing with sleeper sleeper actually went on a tear last week was wrong on four of the six bringing them to 42 total for the season 42 out of 60 is 70 percent so still the vast majority by a lot but definitely regressing to the mean here and the sleeper projection the sleeper predictions so very very interesting to break this down to be clear about our conversation that i had with evan s earlier um the way that i do these is i get the overall projection okay thursday prior to the games now, there are still adjustments that can be made, obviously make any waiver transactions between Thursday and Sunday morning. But the reality is that when kickoff starts on Thursday, what I have done is I've gone through every single matchup 
and I have taken into consideration if there's no bench player, if there's a bench player that should be plugged in, or if there's a you know a defense or a kicker, whatever it may be that needs to be plugged in, I go in and add the total points, and whoever has the most points is the favored sleeper prediction on that week's matchup, and I do not update them any further. Maybe these numbers are off. Maybe they need to be adjusted. I can't put any more effort into it than I am currently doing, but just for the record, <clears throat> what I've gone on the previous, I guess, previous matchups and done, is calculate all of them up by hand and go ahead and get the actual sleeper projection for those weeks. So the statistics are the same, okay, over the course of the last three seasons, or at least what we have on record, at least they're the same. So all that to be said is that the sleeper predictions, if they're predicting you to win Thursday prior to kickoff, then 70% chance you're going to win, okay? So that's where those sleeper projections are coming in. And again, it is me tabulating a few of them. For example, this week, there's a few defenses that haven't been plugged in or a few kickers that maybe weren't plugged in. And so if I bring them in, if I assume that they're going to be projected in and use their total points, if that changes the projected total more than or less than the opponent or that changes things, then whoever has the most points when everybody's plugged in is the one that I'm giving the favorite to. Again, practical example applying this is that there is a defense that Luke S. is leaving out of his matchup in this week. So yeah, his matchup... <clears throat> With Isaac Meisner right now, it has Isaac favored, but that's because Lucas has an empty spot on his lineup. So I went into his bench, took the math, added it up, and it gives him the, the snuff by like a point or two more than Isaac. So I give Lucas the favorite for that week. So just a little bit of background, a little bit of big data. In this session, let us try to understand what is big data. The next kind of behind what it is that's going into that number. Um, I'll try to keep that consistent as we move forward. I make sure that that's correct. But back to the pick'em, back to what we went. All that to say that I just wanted to notate that Sleeper did, again, miss four last week, only got two correct. Um, so with that, going into this week, first matchup I want to start with is Ben P versus Evan S. We zagged on this one. So one zag, I've got Ben P, he's got Evan S. The next matchup is Connor F and Griffin. He, We both have Connor F. Connor F over Griffin. We think that the rebrand is great, but we think it is not enough. Not enough to get the job done. Patrick P versus Alex C. We both selected Alex C. Eric J. Well, I do want to comment on that. Alex C, we've picked you again. I think it was last time that we picked you. It didn't work out. So, just for the record. Eric J and Davis B. We zagged on this one. Uh, Patrick has Davis B. I have Eric J. Eric J in that matchup Tiz versus Kevin we believe that the tides have been too strong on Kevin and he's going to take a L Tiz is going to win this matchup we both are predicting final matchup Isaac M versus Lucas Patrick has selected Isaac M I have selected Lucas so a total of three zags if everything goes out in my favor I can take the one point lead so to speak if everything goes absolutely terrible for me Patrick can move to plus five on the season on me so we will see what happens got a little bit of momentum here from last week so we shall see we're very very excited about our pickums. they are getting tougher and tougher as the weeks go on so um you guys if you could uh, only thing that i can add is make sure that your lineups are set prior to thursday the reality is that again back to the sleeper projections i'm already doing that math anyways i'm already in there doing it so no uh no added <clears throat> no added insult to injury if you don't make the changes but all that to be said that concludes our pick'em for the podcast and honestly that's the last little bit that i want to cover with you guys so 
uh, in the words of my dear, dear friend who, who cannot be with us uh, as he is still raising a newborn child, potentially we will get a pod appearance from him soon, but there's been no pressure to initiate that. But yeah, in the wise, wise words of that man, we will firm tickle beat. We'll see you next week. You do not talk about like that.